0: This is Web Suasion Conversation, Episode 19. Welcome to the show. I am Ryan Williams, president of the Web Suasion Group and Kapoka Studios here at Pinewood Atlanta Studios in Fayetteville, Georgia. Today on the show, we have Melissa Howell of Winterstorm Marketing. Melissa offers extensive experience as a strategic marketing consultant and social media manager. She focuses on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Pinterest, and YouTube as she creates personalized content, develops branding, and writes newsletters and blogs for her clients. She is focused on helping business owners find their voice in this digital world. We talk with Melissa a good bit today about social media marketing, and we're often working with marketing departments on helping us to promote our digital courses for our clients. Entrepreneurs and CEOs and executives have spent decades, often, learning their craft honing their niche in their industry. And they have a lot of knowledge that they can teach to up and coming entrepreneurs. What we do for them is we take that knowledge and put that into a course. So it could be like a 12 week course that they come in and they film video modules for. We help them write the content. We help them structure the class. We create the website to host it. We create webinars to promote it. We work with marketing departments and marketing firms like Melissa's to develop a social media following and turn that into an email list that we can promote that course to. And in the end, our clients have a course they can launch over and over again, and it's taken very little time away from their busy days. If you'd like to learn more, Give me a call 404-418-8909-Extension 10 or email me at Ryan Ryan at WebSuasion.com W E B S U A S I O N dot C O M. You can also go to our website, websuasion.com, and on the homepage there is a schedule consultation button. Just click on that, fill out the form, and we will get with you with scheduling a consultation. Doesn't even have to be in person if you are remote. We can do it over video conferencing. We can work with clients all over the country, all over the world even. Our studio is located just south of Hartsfield Atlanta Airport in Atlanta, very accessible. And if needed, we can even work with remote video teams so that you don't have to come to us. If you would benefit from this or know somebody who would, just let us know. So now our interview with Melissa Howell. Hey, Melissa, thanks for being on the show. Thanks. So tell me a little bit about your background. Uh, You went to the University of South Florida?
1: I did. I was really interested in communications. I did my internship in everything in radio and television. I really was interested in marketing. But I really got into marketing and social anthropology, and that kind of went together because I found with anthropology that people make a decision. Everything they do has a decision behind it. Right, So right. that really works with marketing because every single thing that you buy, you have to make a decision from a stick of gum to a car.
0: So how do you distinguish between psychology and anthropology? What What's the difference there, really?
1: Um, I think anthropology is more the big picture. Psychology might be more like... Individual. Yeah, what leads to the person. But anthropology is your whole family.
0: So it's like a macro level view into people's decision-making versus a micro kind of personal Mm -hmm. view. Interesting. Okay. So what got you into that to begin with? Why were you interested in anthropology?
1: It's just something I've always been interested in. And um, I did like communication disorders. My minor was in sign language. So I've kind of gone different paths. Was there
0: a reason for the sign language? Did you know somebody that was deaf? No,
1: I thought it'd be cool to work with dogs. Oh. They made me pick a major. Like I went to school for a long time time uh-huh. your third year and it's like you have to pick a major today i'm like okay i'm gonna major in something where i can teach dogs how to work with deaf people
0: so the dogs understand the sign language is what you're saying you're teaching like dogs certain commands through sign language
1: um well it would have been like working with deaf people people Uh to train their dogs. Oh,
0: okay. And
1: then like reality hit and you can't make a living, you know, $6 an hour. All these things kind of led to my interest in marketing. Gotcha. Um, I'm just fascinated with it.
0: Did you end up doing the marketing in South Florida or did that come afterwards?
1: I moved after I graduated back up to Michigan. I worked at a bank for all of the years that I was in school doing assistant branch manager, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Really didn't love the banking, really wanted to get more into marketing. And then my first real job was in marketing. It's been ever since.
0: And that was with Odessa?
1: No, actually, when I worked up in Michigan, I was with the Michigan State Medical Society. Okay. I worked there 10 and a half years. That's like the AMA just for Michigan.
0: Was that early internet days? What period was- are we talking
1: Pretty early.
0: Was it all print mostly that you were focused on at that point?
1: Print. We were just getting into Facebook. We were just getting into like um, emailing.
0: Oh, so like 2007 kind of, yeah. Yeah. I worked
1: there from 1999 to 2009. Yep. Okay. Kind of thought I'd be there forever. I loved I loved working with physicians, so it was marketing to get physicians to join the medical society. Uh-huh. And I also worked in um, community health, so I worked with immunizations. Okay. So I was the lead marketing person on the Department of Community Health marketing team to get people to know why they need to do um, immunizations. Okay. So I went to like Chicago and did studies with why people don't get immunizations for their kids uh-huh. and the big socioeconomic gap which is, again, marketing. You know, you're right. finding why people do what they do and don't do what they do. And I so loved it.
0: What brought you down to Georgia?
1: Um, the Walking Dead.
0: Oh, yeah? Yep. Okay, so that's why Sonoya, then. That makes sense. Yep. Huge so you, fan. You, you came down as a fan? Were you hoping to get involved with the shooting and stuff? Or?
1: No. After I left the Medical Society, I worked for the Catholic Church for three years, oh. and I kept coming down here on vacation. I went to the big dog showed on a Perry right. and drove through Sonoy right at the end of season two, Okay, where I don't know if you remember the waterfall scene where they saw the prison for the first time. And I was driving through town and I kind of took a sidetrack and found the waterfall. I'm like, oh my God, this is a sign. This is where I need to be. <laughs> <laughs> I just leap of faith. Yeah, Just came down here, started looking for jobs. I got the job in Odessa and they called and said they wanted me to start within two weeks. So I quit my job gave up my rental house and literally, yeah, got down here three days before I had to start the next Monday. And the week that we moved down was the big ice storm.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. We had like a half inch of ice down here everywhere. Yeah.
1: Yep. So my all of me and all of my stuff and my dog were stuck in Cartersville. We couldn't get through Atlanta to my house. Gotcha. So that was like, welcome to Georgia. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you're a big animal fan too, right? You have a bunch of goats and and stuff at your at your farm. That's cool.
1: Yep. Goats and chickens and Wow. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs>
0: well, that's a good area for it. Tell me more about Odessa. What were you doing with him at the time?
1: I did marketing. I started working at the Odessa in Atlanta and then my job became remote. So I did 14 auctions. Okay. So I did all of the marketing, all of the print, the social media, the contests, the events for auctions. My furthest one was in Seattle.
0: What kind of auction site is it? Auto auction. So you're marketing, trying to build up their customer base, their version of eBay?
1: Pretty much. Gotcha. Dealers would come in every Wednesday and, you know, go through all the cars, buy them. So I was working on both the side where the car dealers are bringing in the cars right. and the car dealers are buying cars. So totally different industry for me.
0: You've got a bunch of other companies that you've been involved with over the time, and then you've started a bunch of companies. What made you decide to go out on your own? What was the impetus for that?
1: Well, the job that I was at with the death, So that became a remote job working from home was all being moved back to Indianapolis. Okay. So all eight of us marketing were people were told we can move to Indianapolis or we could stay. And right. It just was like, you know, another leap of faith. Right. I have a really successful nonprofit that has been built through social media. I did marketing for the downtown development of Senoy for two years. Right. It just, it was time.
0: What was the nonprofit?
1: I still run it. It's called Sam Emergency. It okay. is a group that pays vet bills for Samoy's, which is a breed of dog. Oh, yeah. And we started in 2001 and we were just doing rescue dogs at that point. Somebody found us out online and unfortunately he passed away we never met him we got a notice in 2011 from an attorney that said this person left you a substantial amount of money we want to bring you the check and we're like okay we don't want you to come to our house because we have no idea who you are (laughs) so we're like we'll drive to indiana we met him at a wendy's he gave us an incredible check they had no name on it, no anything, and we're huh. like, yeah, this is real. So we immediately went to the bank, and we're like, we don't think this is real, but put it somewhere. <laughs> six weeks later, they're like, it's cleared, and we're like, eh, we still don't believe it. So six weeks later, we finally realized that just yes, we got keep waiting it got, out to
0: see if they're going to pull it back out, yeah.
1: We were so gifted.
0: I guess you don't know for sure, but how do you think this person found out about it? Um, especially from Indiana? Just social media. So they happened to be into that that breed of dog probably. He had two
1: dogs and his wife had passed away with breast cancer. He had gone through treatment for his liver and been misdiagnosed. Okay. So he got a really big lawsuit settled and he passed away and they had no kids. They had no family. Right. So they had two Samoyeds and...
0: That's great. So
1: we probably help about 30 or 40 dogs a year pay their vet bills.
0: Nationwide? Yep. That's great. And you're still doing marketing and stuff for that as well, I assume. Yep, right?
1: I'm the executive director for that.
0: How does that change your approach when you're dealing with fundraising versus dealing with selling a product or a service?
1: Huge difference. Yeah. Um, nonprofit work is such a different thing because. Again, everybody makes a decision. You have to find that reason that this charity is important to right. people. You know, business, you meet people, you love people, you work with people, you want to become friends with them. Right. Nonprofit is all about building that relationship. You want okay. to be there forever with these people and you want to give them something that they know in their heart. Uh-huh. They're spending their money and they're getting something back. Right. If you buy a car, you know where that car payment's going. If you give money to a charity, it's all about your heart and that right. you've done the right thing. So, Right, yeah.
0: gotcha. Just while we're on the topic of the nonprofits, as far as like social media channels, what has been the most effective for promoting a nonprofit versus a business? Which we'll get into in a little bit.
1: Um, Facebook.
0: Facebook is the Definitely, way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Do you do advertisements with that, or is it just all like? It's you know, all Groups organic. and organic stuff. All right. So as far as like small businesses and all, I know you do LinkedIn for B2B. Mm-hmm. We can talk a little bit about that if you want. But I think most of what you're doing these days is what Instagram and Facebook. Mm-hmm. So what are you finding, especially with Instagram and Facebook being the same company, obviously, they're obviously using Instagram as a testing ground for changes that are coming to Facebook probably next. How is that changing things for you?
1: I think it's a big picture, the fact that Instagram is not doing as much with hashtags is hurting everybody. Everybody's yeah. algorithm is down. Okay. Um, across the board everybody is losing followers or not gaining as many. Right. Before, you know, even a year ago you could buy followers. You could do things that were corrupting the system. Right. And yay, Instagram said we know what you're doing. This isn't going to work anymore. Right. So, I don't believe in doing anything that's not organic because it doesn't make sense to have a big audience if you only get a small percentage of your audience engaging with you. Right. It actually hurts your rates, everything your engagement. Right, right. So, um,
0: so better to have five hundred people that really love you than twenty four thousand that.
1: Yep, that's what I tell everybody. You're better to really find great people follow you, and that they're really engaging with you.
0: How do you foster that, though? Is it through directly engaging with your followers, or like how do you build that kind of community?
1: A lot of it is that. You know, you don't want to be salesy. You want to be reaching out to the people that you want to work with. You want to build up that community of, you know, if you've got a client base, people that have helped you along the way. Right. You know, people that you've served and that have served you too. You want to be engaging with them. Hey, you're doing a great job. That might not give me something right now. Right. But it never hurts to you know, tell somebody, hey, you're doing a great job. Trying to find people that you want to work with. Again, you know, prospecting for people on Instagram, uh-huh. finding the right people
0: just using a search on Instagram to find people who have posted about similar topics and things like that.
1: Mm -hmm. And you can search, you know, now by Instagram, by hashtags. So again, it's not as good as it was in the past, but you know, you want to be engaging with people that have your like-minded things.
0: And when you're engaging, are you just leaving comments on their post? Are you friending them or following them? And are you doing any instant messaging? Have you found any of that to be effective?
1: I don't think instant messaging works as well as other things that you can do. I think you're better to just actually engage, you know, organically with people, follow them, like what they're doing, you know, right. great job, that type Make of thing. Comments, yeah. um, you know, messaging is still, to a lot of people, really salesy. Yeah. And I'm not a really salesy person. Yeah. So I'm not, you know, I don't want to go home and have 50 messages that I feel like I have to respond to.
0: Right. And, I mean, they're always like, hey, check this out. This is this thing I did. It's always very kind of selfish. It's yeah, not, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: It's not engaging. It's, hey, do me a favor kind right. of thing. And that's just not me.
0: Which is funny because you don't see that as much on Facebook. You know, that behavior is sort of played down, maybe it's just because it's an older platform and it's kind of developed more. But on Facebook, you get start getting salesy and people ghost you pretty quickly. <laughs> What do you think has been the most valuable for a business? Is it more Facebook, Instagram, a blend of both, Pinterest?
1: Well, 80% of population is on Facebook. You can't be Facebook. I mean, it is the place to be. No matter what you want to do, you have to have a good Facebook presence. You know, people are going to Google you. They're going to find your Facebook page. Right. And they're not going to find your Instagram page. They're going to find your Facebook page. Right. To me, I suggest every of my client, you need a good website, because that shows what you do. Uh You need to be on Facebook to show who you are. Okay, And you can do one without the other. you shouldn't do one without the other. Right. Because people expect both.
0: The website is your credibility and the Facebook is your behavior. Yeah. So what kind of information are you posting for businesses usually on Facebook?
1: My main goal is to be the voice of my clients. I really get to know them because I want somebody that goes to their Facebook page to think the owner's writing this. Right. The person that I go into the store is writing this. So, you know, I have some clients that are really serious and their Facebook page is very calm, very serious, very educational. I have fun clients that like to tell, jokes. yeah, And I'll put jokes on there. And sometimes they're stupid. And um, <laughs> people engage with them. I'm mean, like, I put one comment on one of my posts, like, we like to take our dogs for a car ride, show a picture of your dog. I had the best engagement of that. I, right. Like, I saw that 50, one. Yeah, like, it's crazy. Yeah. But um, people want to know that, you know, if they're not going to follow your Facebook page, if you're like, buy this, buy this, buy this. Right. This is why we do what we do. This is who we are.
0: Right. The mentality is really you're building a community around your corporate mindset and not this is what we sell. Yeah. Right. So how about LinkedIn? That's what I found to be an underused platform. And I think a lot of people came on. We talked about this before. They came on years ago and used it as a resume site and then never touched it again. I know you feel that's an undertapped medium for especially B2B. Talk about that. What what is the benefit of LinkedIn really in your mind?
1: Like you said, I think a lot of people put their resume up there five years ago and have never done anything with it. Yeah. So it's not updated. But like you can use hashtags to describe yourself now. Right. You can, you know, get referrals, you can give referrals, you can give endorsements. So it's set community that you're working with people, you know, um, you want to refer people that are doing a good job. You right. want to get endorsements for people that know that you're doing a good job so you want to have it updated you can post medium you can post videos now right like right in your job description so it doesn't have to be a static i worked at this job for two years now i to be like i worked at this job and i did videos here's this what is i a built yeah, yeah. yeah so it's a lot more interactive it's really cool and there's also a news feed now that a lot of people don't know there's a news feed like facebook now. yeah the demographics of LinkedIn is you know higher educated, right? A lot of men, um, seventy thousand or more income. So you know Facebook's more like eighth or ninth grade level education. Yeah, so yeah. you're not going to put the same post on there, right? But you can reword them differently. So you're being the expert. That's what I tell my clients. You want to be the expert on LinkedIn. You want to be connected with somebody that when this businessman that only has like two minutes to find somebody to do this service for him, he's not going to Google. He's going to go like, I know somebody in my network that does this. I remember seeing them post about it. That's the guy I want.
0: Or who are one of my colleagues that I can ask that knows somebody that's used them before? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That word of mouth. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing I've started noticing in that as the political climate has gotten crazier and crazier on Facebook, people are starting to use LinkedIn more as just a social network, even though they're not getting too personal with it. I'm seeing a lot more interaction that I assume is kind of people that are like, tired of the Facebook drama and have moved over to LinkedIn.
1: I advise um, my clients never to say anything controversial and never to like anything controversial. Because if you like a controversial post, it shows up in your newsfeed. Right. And you never know that person out there that might totally disagree with you and you might lose business. You know, you just don't know that, like if you're posting, I voted for this person or you just don't know that one potential client that's going to be like, I so strongly disagree with that. I will never do business right. with them. Why risk it? You right. know? You're cutting
0: 50% of your audience right there. Right. Yeah. 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 Anything else coming up in the near future for you as far as products and services you're offering from a social media standpoint? Or what, is, what are you excited about right now?
1: I do newsletters for people. I do blogs for people.
0: Let's talk about newsletters a little bit because that is talking about underutilized media. One of the things, uh, this is a story I may have told in the podcast before, but I run a record label and years and years ago we put a lot of effort into myspace i mean we built up a huge following for some of the the bands on our roster on myspace and then facebook came along and guess what myspace immediately within like six months to a year was just decimated unuseful the problem is we didn't convert those thousands and thousands of people per band to a unified email newsletter that i could have Continued after that. So we lost all that effort. So, I mean, that's the story I always tell when people are really invested in Facebook, really invested and instagram or anything like that how are you converting those into an email newsletter so wh- how do you take that approach
1: well i just that people like to think of facebook linkedin instagram that's all real estate we rent it right. can be gone tomorrow and we have no control yep. we need to really focus on real estate we own in newsletter email addresses is the best thing that we own nobody can ever take that away from us. right so, you know, you can have a CRM that could be as simple as putting an Excel spreadsheet with everything. It doesn't have to be complicated. Right. You know, name, email. That's it. You've got it. Yeah. And so I really have all of my clients do that. And it's not easy. I'm surprised at how many of my clients kind of budge about that. I don't want to go back six months. Yeah, you had these clients six months a year or three years ago. They right. all need to be in database. And that's kind of a hard sell for me, I'm finding that people it takes time. It takes time.
0: I've read a stat the other day. I don't know how old this was, a couple of years maybe, but it was 1% of your customer base spends five times more than the other 99%. Yep. So if you're not marketing to your existing clients, you're just leaving money on the table yep. every time. By the same token, for some reason, the email newsletter is always the last thing. I'll include myself in that. The last thing anybody thinks
1: about. Yeah.
0: So why is that? Like, what, what do you think that is? Is just people think it's antiquated or?
1: I think people get to the point where, remember a couple years ago, like you're getting like 50 emails a day. Yeah. And you're like, there's too many emails. Why are these yeah, people yeah. emailing me? And then you went to like zero. I went one day and liked every single email. Yeah. And then I'm like, but I miss that. Yeah. So I've kind of gone back and found some ones that I like and people say emails are dead. Emails aren't dead. People are going to read your email if you're interested. It's not dead.
0: I read a lot more emails than I do social media posts probably. I just browse it and see if I, there's anything interesting in it mm-hmm. for me. I'm sure you guys do some very similar things to this but we have a lot of uh, for our clients we'll set up Google alerts mm-hmm. so that we can see yeah. when our clients have had something posted because they they're not always the best about telling us about it, even though they know we'll disseminate that information for them because it makes both of us look good. Mm-hmm. So we'll put up some Google alerts, and you know, if I have one of my clients get a medical journal post about them, we'll share that on their feed. So I'm always having to look through everything to see if it is relevant, and you end up seeing a lot of stuff that you would never have subscribed to.
1: Mm-hmm. The industry standard is like 17% open rate, yeah. and people feel like, oh, you know, I didn't get 80% opening it. It doesn't matter because they're seeing what the – Thing is they might yeah. open it they might not but like i've got some things that i get and i don't even open it but i'm like yeah i need to order again from that right or you just don't know how powerful that is and consistency is everything if you're going to send out a newsletter the best times are like tuesday afternoon through thursday afternoon Okay. So statistically the best time to send a newsletter is one fifteen. Tuesday through Thursday. Okay. Because people are coming back from lunch. They don't want to do anything. They're going to open your email. That's statistically. Interesting. Um, Monday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, horrible days to send out business newsletters. People are not in the buying mood those days.
0: Well, Um, I've been messing that up then.
1: (laughs) 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 Um, And, you know, MailChimp or any of those places make it so easy to just schedule. I always suggest, you know, if you're going to do one, don't randomly do one one week and then three weeks later and then two weeks later. Try to get a schedule like every Wednesday at one fifteen, Right.
0: Or every two weeks consistently yep. or something. Yeah. Yep.
1: Just so people can kind of know to expect to have it in their box and you're reminding them again. You know, I might not want to read through everything that's going on right now, but mm. Yeah, it's triggered my mind. Yeah, I know I need to do something now.
0: Now, I think the thing that holds a lot of people back from doing something like an email newsletter is or or anything really is content. So how do you source content for those newsletters? Uh, Do you take your social media content and kind of fold it into the newsletter weekly or or what's your approach for that?
1: I do that a little bit, but I like to schedule my newsletters on Facebook. Okay. So I don't want to have like a bunch of, you know, the same content.
0: What do you mean by that scheduled live on Facebook?
1: Um, Like through MailChimp or the other sources, you can send it right up to Facebook. So when your newsletter goes out, you it know, posts, Wednesday, 115, you yep. post
0: a version of it to, to Facebook as well.
1: Yep. So I don't want to have, you know, a bunch of the same content, usually longer content in the newsletter. Okay. But newsletters, you know, don't have to be like 10 articles anymore. You right. can easily put three things and you know a picture or Uh it doesn't have to be that much work I found the same thing with social media people get like I could do this I really could do it but that's like sitting down I'm not gonna do it
0: Blank page syndrome and yeah and if
1: everything should be scheduled for all of my clients I schedule a month out okay for everything so they get time to look at it I'm if I was as a client, do some time oh I'll just jump in Monday and post something I'll just jump in Wednesday right It's never going to happen. Never
0: going to happen, yeah. You get busy, client fire you're putting out or something, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that everybody should be on a year plan. Okay. So we should be deciding, you know, calendar year's coming up soon. We should be working now on what we're going to do for Christmas, what we're going to do for January. Okay. It's another thing that it's really easy to say, I'm just going to pop something out you know, for Halloween. If you're looking at Halloween, you're kind of a little bit behind the eight ball right now. Right. If you're, especially retail or restaurants. You
0: should be looking at like Easter right now. Right, <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, I've had clients like, what can I do for Memorial Day? I'm like, you don't even have time to promote an event now. Yeah. So newsletters are a really great place to be like, this is what's coming up and it keeps us on track too. If you have a calendar in there, these are the events that we're going to have. These are the specials. It's really good to have a moving calendar in there so people can see this is what we need to know and then always write something in the article, you know, back to school or college football is huge right now. Yeah, um, you tailgating, Halloween. We've got Thanksgiving. Now was like the time right. everybody can talk about stuff that's going on
0: with the social media stuff and newsletters and all of that. It's not an immediate effect that people are going to see. So, what have you found tends to be the timeline of that consistency that you actually start seeing returns?
1: I would say like three months. You that's can good. really start to see, and I tell people it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah, you know. You can't go in to be like, I posted something, why don't I have somebody calling me right now? It's got to be consistently. And one of the Facebook speakers said, which I thought was brilliant, if you were walking down the street and somebody came up and said they were selling shoes, you'd be like, get them away from me, weirdo. But if every day for seven days they're selling shoes, you'd be like, this guy might know what he's talking about. Right, right. Yeah, that's all the consistency.
0: Especially if you're sharing information about them, not saying, you need to buy these. Yeah. Like, say... Here's what you need to know about these.
1: Yeah, You know, I have people call me, oh, I want to start doing Facebook or Google ads right away. You have to make your page work before you can start throwing that out. Yeah. You can't just say, I'm going to have an event this month. I haven't done anything in Facebook in six months. Yeah. And start throwing out ads because people are going to look at your page and they're going to look at that history and be like, Yeah, is this real? Are they brand new? And the same thing with if you take a break from social media, you don't know how many people are looking at that page going, are they out of business?
0: True. You know, yeah. I want to
1: eat there, but they haven't updated their menu in two months. Right. It's consistency, consistency, consistency.
0: So what clients tend to be your best? Is there particular industries that you prefer working with? or
1: I have a lot in the medical field. I've got a lot of business to business. Uh-huh. Some professional services clients. So those seem to do really well.
0: So when you come up with this content, you need to frame it for an audience. How are you finding out what that audience is for that client? Do they ever even know what that audience is? Do you, is that something that you have to help them find?
1: I do. And that was when I started out in business in my own, coming from the corporate world. I always assumed everybody would know who their ideal clients were and the first couple client meetings I met I'm like who's your ideal client and they're like um everybody right and I'm like mm, no. no and to me I can look at somebody's business and be like these are your top five ideal clients right because that's how I think right so it's I never want to put that on them this is who your ideal client is but I want to kind of work backwards uh-huh. how do we get to this client you know what do they have that has it common with other clients what does that
0: and, process look like of working backward
1: Asking a lot of questions that I kind of know the answer to.
0: Sort of leading (laughs) leading questions. Leading questions, yeah. yeah.
1: To try to get them to, even if we have to write it down, you know, what does this client look like? What do they have in common with everybody else? Mm -hmm. Can they afford you? Are they going to connect with you? You have clients and marketing people are great examples. We all refer back and forth to each other. Sure. We know this man might work better with this person that's really into sports or something like that so it's just finding you know who your ideal person is yeah and doing everything to grow them you know there's enough clients we're not stepping over each other's toes and we're referring back and forth and
0: everybody is not your client finding your audience is the same thing as kind of finding your niche what you do best what makes you unique what differentiates you and that's kind of become the theme of this podcast in a way it's it's great that you're doing that for your clients thanks well cool well thanks so much for being on the show
1: thanks very much i appreciate it
0: Thanks for listening to the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting network. It could be Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Also, please go to our website at websuasion.com, W-E-B-S-U-A-S-I-O-N dot C-O-M. And there's two things I would love for you to do. One, click on the social media icons at the top on the YouTube link and subscribe to our channel on YouTube and click the bell icon so that you will be updated anytime we post new videos. We often do about 10 to 12 video clips from the interview sections that you can share across social media throughout the week. The other thing I would love for you to do is sign up to our newsletter so that you can be informed of upcoming guests on the show. Just go to our website and you will see a pop-up for the business growth newsletter. Sign up for that and you will be notified every time we post a new podcast. Next week on the show we have David Weiner of Cashflow Strategies. He's earned the nickname Mr. Cashflow. He finds ways to increase his client revenue, lower taxes and cut expenses through cost segregation studies, profit recovery and cost reduction. It's an interesting conversation. We hope you'll join us. And until then, have a productive work week.